Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, the podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I am John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Well, Ryan, it's time to come back together. Come back together. Yep, yep, for another episode. Today, we're going to talk about funerals. And to start us off, I have an obituary. You have an obituary? (laughs) Is it your own? No, it's not my own. It belongs to, apparently, apparently, apparently. it belongs to... Kathleen Dimlo. Dimlo. All right, are you ready for this? I am. I'm going to read it quickly. Kathleen Dimlo was born on March 19, 1938, to Joseph and Gertrude Schnuck okay. of Wabasso. You're making these words I up. promise I'm not. She married Dennis Dumlo at St. Anne's in Wabasso in 1957 mm-hmm. and had two children, Gina and Jay. All right, it gets good here. I'm excited. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Dumlow, okay, and moved to California. Not a good, not now, a good thing to go in your obituary. Now it gets sad. She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, who were then raised by her parents in Clements, Mister and Mrs. Joseph Schnuck. <laughs> She passed away on May 31st, 2018 in Springfield and will now face judgment. Wow. (laughs) She will not be missed by Gina and Jay, and they understand that this world is a better place without (laughs) (laughs) That is quite the obituary. That's terrible, dude. How did you preach after reading that? (laughs) I do not live in Wabasso, and I do not know the schnooks. Well, that uh, seems like a bad luck on your part there. Well, uh, what a great way to start a podcast on funerals. That's right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what will be missed. The Imperfect Church Podcast. <laughs> oh, me. So we are glad to be back talking about um, uh, a somber event. We talk about funerals, but funerals yeah. uh, are a part of pastoral ministry. It is, and it's one of those that... Uh, if you're in it long enough, you're going to do have a lot of encounters with uh, funerals and ministering to families mm-hmm. that are having to deal with That's death. Right. Mm-hmm. And and you know we talk about that it's a somber it's a somber conversation, and I agree. But at the same time, man, what a glorious thing as Christians to be able to to rest inside the hope that's in Jesus. Yeah. So as we start uh, just about every podcast when we talk about a subject, we want to lay the theological groundwork for this. Uh, so, John, a pastor is going to see a lot of death if he's in ministry long enough. Right. So what is our response to that? You know, I think that uh, our response has to be a gospel-centered response. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the gospel is, of course, full of love and compassion. Mm-hmm. And so I think immediately upon a death, uh, the, the, the person, the families that are experiencing uh, that, that grief needs to see the compassion and the love of the pastor yeah. and the church immediately. Mm-hmm. So, you know, theologically, we, we believe that for the believer, death is not the end, right? obviously. And so we approach that, uh, that death with uh, great hope and uh, with great mm-hmm. promise. Yeah. And uh, with great joy, mm-hmm. even in the midst of grief, and uh, and so we love them, love on them, and show them compassion. But even for the lost, I think that we have to approach them with compassion as well, uh, and with the message of the gospel too. So yeah, and I think it's helpful to to go back to the beginning, um, understanding that uh, death is not normal. 
Right. Uh, death is an, an aberration in God's good creation. Yeah. I know it's kind of like in, in Mississippi, uh, when you drive down our roads, uh, you're going to see kudzu everywhere. Yeah. And it's tempting to stop and think, well, kudzu is just normal. But no, kudzu is implanted. It's That's not, right. it's not originally from here. Uh, and so we can get used to it and we may not like it, but we have to deal with it. Uh, but yeah. for a believer, I think it's it's helpful to understand that death is an aberration. Yeah, uh, yeah. death is not part of God's good design, mm-hmm. and that the God who speaks, as Carl Henry used to say, uh, he speaks preeminently of life. Right, uh, right. And so we as believers ought to do the same. Yeah, sure. And and like you say, you know, it it is not a natural state, but it is the state in which we live. That's right. So we uh, we have to address it and deal with it appropriately. And I think that's what, you know, we have to be sure that we know how to approach death. Mm-hmm. And as ministers of the gospel, it's already been said, we're going to deal with it. So we need to so equip ourselves to deal with it uh, appropriately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say for our, our people and for pastors, uh, the best time to deal with death is before it happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we need to understand, uh, we need to allow our people to understand that when when God uh, told Adam and Eve that if they ate of the fruit in the garden, they would die, mm. that is a threefold death. Mm. That is not mm. only a physical death, yeah. but it was a spiritual death and a eternal death. Yeah. And, and we need to prepare our people to understand that and to understand that, that that word of death is not the last word to God's people. Right. But he has offered Christ, the second Adam, uh, to win life for us. Yeah. A, yeah. a, a not, only, not only physical, eternal life, right, mm-hmm, but we mm-hmm. have a spiritual life in him as well. Uh, we need to be preparing for that. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. There are there are sermon passages that mm-hmm. we deal with typically only at death. Right. You know, if you think about it, there there are those uh, Thessalonians, Corinthians passages mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we that we hear read. Mm-hmm. Oh, Psalm twenty three right. that we hear read, and uh, you know, you you acknowledge that, and and but the truth is, we ought to be proclaiming that message. Before the sermon comes, right, before yeah. the funeral, excuse me, comes, mm-hmm. and uh, and acknowledging that this is not just a promise in that day; it's a promise for all of us, mm-hmm. even the live. Right, um, and and I think I read recently in, in preparation for this podcast, um, we have to know about the the reality of death and the darkness of death. Uh, because it's only those who understand the reality and the darkness uh, of death uh, that can really understand resurrection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we are a people, a resurrected people, yes, a people yeah. of resurrection, a people yeah. of life. And so we must speak of death, but we must speak of death in light of the resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we uh, Good Friday is Good Friday, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. But Sunday, Sunday is the day that we celebrate right. together as a mm-hmm. church. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's true for us as well in our lives. We... We, we are going to die, but we celebrate death because the end result of our death is life. Mm-hmm. So That's right. it's life beyond this place. That's right. And so, so the, the funeral ought to be approached that way. And, and, you know, we've said this is a solemn, this is a solemn thing. But in, in reality, for the believer, man, de- death is becoming a citizen of the place where we really belong. That's right. It's Absolutely. a joyous yeah. thing. And yeah. so I have stood in the pulpit many times, and by the fruit displayed from the people mm-hmm. that's laying in the casket in front of me, I mm-hmm. can say, man, today is a good day. That's right. Today yep. is a great day in right. the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and, and, and that means that we have to be conscious of our people, know our people, mm-hmm. and know how also to approach a funeral. That's right. And you have to approach them differently. So, John, you're sitting in your office tomorrow. Uh, God forbid this happened, but yeah. you get a phone call. One of your saints in the Lord um, has passed away after a, a long and uh, faithful life. What's your first step? You know, to be honest with you, I hope I'm there. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I understand what you're saying that you get the phone call that they they have passed away. I hope I'm already in the room. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and because of the size of our churches, we get that benefit right. a lot. Mm-hmm. But if I get the phone call that uh, a saint has passed away. Uh, if the family is still gathered together, I go immediately to where the family is gathered mm-hmm. together. So if that be a hospital, if that be a hospital, that be a hospital, yeah. Uh-huh. If that is uh, the nursing home, if that is inside of their home, I'm I'm there, brother. You yeah. Know? yeah. And and I think, and, and I'll be honest with you, this had a lot to do with the way that I was uh, raised in my ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I saw modeled. I thought that's what you were supposed to right. do. That's mm-hmm. what I've always done. So I, I, an immediate response to the death, I think, is really, really critical for that family. Mm-hmm. And uh, to let them know not only they have the love and support of the pastor, but you are representative of the congregation yeah. as a whole. Uh-huh. So when they see you there, they're also seeing a congregation that's going to be there right. to support them. So mm-hmm. that's that's my first step. Mm-hmm. And I, I would go on a step further and say not only are you represent, uh, you're a representative of the congregation, uh, but ultimately you're a representative of Christ there mm-hmm. uh, and being that present and understand, letting them understand that Christ is not aloft. Uh, right. He's not uh, absent of this pain and suffering. He understands yeah. and he is there present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no doubt. We, we've got to continue to recognize that uh, that our love towards that family in that moment can have a significant future impact on mm-hmm. the family as a whole. Yeah, um, I would say with uh, with my folks and, and just in ministry in general, uh, the times that I've grown closest to people have mm-hmm. been when I've walked with them through the valley of the shadow of the death. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I've held their hands, when I've been at the hospital, uh, those are the times that I've, I myself have bonded with the people and they have bonded with me. Yeah, and I think that's so true. We, we grow in our relationships with our people in the midst of tragedy, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and the joys as well. That's know, right. The joys and the tragedy is where we grow with our intimacy mm-hmm. with our people. It's it's in those tragedies and those joys where mm-hmm. you grow the mm-hmm. most uh, relationships. And you so. know, at the end of the day, though we would say that the 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 preeminent uh, office of the pastor, the, the, the preeminent uh, duty of the pastor is to preach the Word of God, and that right. is important. We must stand on that authority. Uh, but at the end of the day, the family is not going to say, Oh man, I knew that Brother John was my pastor when he preached that sermon. Yeah, man, you know, you're right. Uh, they're going to bond with us and say that this is my pastor. When right. He w- when he walked with me through trials. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, there. He was there. Yeah. That, uh, so that's, that's important. Good. That is good. And you know, beyond going and visiting with the family in that immediate moment, uh, there there are also there are also things that I think are expected of us as pastors, and that we ought to want to do. Mm-hmm. As it pertains to the funeral, you know, and uh, the planning of the funeral and the actual conducting of the funeral. And so uh, you speak to that. What do you think of some of those critical things that, that ought to be a part of the pastor's life as he's walking with a family through the, the immediate grief and the funeral? Yeah. Uh, well, no, one of, what I normally try to tell um, my folks if, if a death occurs in their family, um, I, I show up and I let them know um I am willing to do as much or as little as you want me to. Yeah. Um, we want to understand as pastors that, uh, especially I've been at my church now going on my fifth year, mm-hmm. and I understand that 
many of them, especially our senior saints, uh, they've had several pastors before me that they right. bonded with, that they loved, that they right. knew. Yeah. And I want them to know, hey, it's not a threat to me if you bonded with the pastor that baptized your children sure. and you want him to be involved in this process. Yeah. That's not a, That yeah. doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I want to help you, not hurt you. Right. And so right. I, I try to tell them I'll do as much or as little as you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I think there's this underlying assumption, and I think it's good, uh, that when I preach, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to mention the person, right? Uh, but my focus is not going to be the person. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I if it's a believer, mm-hmm. um, then I will speak of the believer in light of Christ. Yeah, and I will ultimately point to the joy of Christ in that moment. Right, and I, and I think that is uh, what it means to be a gospel preacher. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I stand in a pulpit. Regardless of the circumstances, mm-hmm. it's going to be gospel. Right, it yeah. should be gospel yeah, saturated. Mm-hmm. Sat- saturated. Man, I'm struggling. John, today, we need to bro. take a break. Let's take Satur- a coffee break. Saturated. We'll be, we'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. <laughs> hey, let's talk about sponsors a second. Here. Um, <laughs> Just don't get into hey, that. Does your church want to sponsor the Imperfect Church <laughs> right. podcast? Funerals is what we're talking okay, about. Okay, I'm sorry. So I'm I, just trying uh, to bring in some cash, man. <laughs> I do the same thing. Uh, I, I I attempt to preach a a gospel message, and uh, and, and I do want to speak to the person right. concerning the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is not the central focus of what we're there for, right? Especially again, like you're saying, for a Christian for a Christian funeral, the the purpose is let's celebrate their life now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As They're, much as we reflect right. back to their life that was. That's right. Uh, because their life now is in glory with mm-hmm. Jesus, and so let's celebrate that. And, and at the end of the day, there's nothing we can do as gospel preachers at the funeral to help the deceased. That's exactly right. Um, That's exactly Their right. life has lived, and yeah. uh, John, you mentioned this earlier, we have a, a mutual friend um, that you've heard preach funerals before, mm-hmm. and the statement that he uses that is yeah. fantastic is, this individual has stepped into their eternal reward. That's right. And that is a fantastic phrase. It is. Uh, one, because it's biblical. Yeah. <laughs> and two, um, we don't know what that reward is. Yeah, that's uh, exactly sometimes, right. Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes yeah. the waters are muddy. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is a true statement. They have stepped into their eternal reward. Yeah. And so we want to, to, to rest in that. There's nothing we can do for the deceased. They have stepped into their eternal reward. And now we are there to... Uh, present the hope of Christ to those who are living. Yes, and and uh, that same guy that you're talking about, if you go to a funeral that he preaches, he very plainly communicates uh, the gospel message, mm-hmm. and and desires a response as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, if if the message that we're preaching is for the people in the pew. Mm-hmm and not for the person in the casket, mm-hmm. then we ought to preach a gospel message, right? right? Because that's where our hope is. And mm-hmm. so how you handle that, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that you ought to handle the gospel proclamation and the call to response with the understanding that you're at a funeral. Yes. Uh, in fact, I I talked to um, our, our local uh, undertaker here, who's also a pastor and, and we have a, a good relationship with, um, and I just mentioned, you know, my sermons typically at a funeral are going to be shorter right. than what I'm preaching on Sunday morning. I'm yep. looking at 15 minutes, uh, 20 minutes. I'm, I'm I'm looking at a short, clear, concise, urgent gospel message. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And we talked about that one day, and he said, you'd be surprised how many folks come in here and act like it's a revival at their church, <laughs> and they have an hour-long invitation. You yeah. Know? Uh, that's, not our, that's not our role at that yeah. point. We need yeah. to trust the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. with the gospel message yeah. and not try to manipulate people at a time of grief and misery. Yes, I, I completely agree. Take into, take into consideration these people mm-hmm. who have just lost someone that they love. Right. The night before, maybe, right. they stood at a casket for three hours mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. greeted family. Yeah. They didn't go to home. They didn't go to bed when they got home. Mm-hmm. They woke up early to get to the funeral mm-hmm. home. Be considerate, I think, of where I the family so. is because yeah. you're speaking the gospel message to a family that's mm-hmm. tired, that's grieving, yeah. that's heartbroken, mm-hmm. and it's not really it's not really your chance to stand up and grandstand. Right, right. It's not about us. Yeah, um, yeah. It's something more than recently. That. I had a, a church member uh, had a family member die, uh, and his pastor did the the funeral. And yeah. I have a good relationship with this church member, and I, and I knew what he was thinking. I, I sat and listened through the funeral, and it was it was good for me mm. to sit and watch a funeral. Right. And the pastor did a good job. Yeah. Um. I, I thought he had a good word. Uh, afterwards. My church member asked me what I thought of the pastor, uh, what I thought of the message, and, and my response was, he preached three good messages, <laughs> and he did. He had three scripture verses, and he he spent about yeah. 15 minutes apiece on those, and that was his response as well, is, yeah, I thought he did a really good job, uh, yeah. but he he gave us all that it was worth. You know, yeah. he, he shelled it out for us at the funeral, yeah. and I think we want to avoid that. Yeah. Have you ever been asked not not to speak the gospel, not to preach the gospel? No, I have not. So, um, I want to be real careful here. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't too long ago that uh, th- that someone passed away in our church that the family was was not believers, mm-hmm. and uh, the mother uh, apparently was, and and um, one of the family members from out of town. We were making the arrangements. Uh, they they asked me. They said we we don't want this to be. We don't want this to be a hardcore evangelistic message mm-hmm. or something something of that nature. And uh, and you know I think you need to prepare yourself for responding to that. Yeah. Because uh, I really had never been nothing like that's ever been said to me before. What you say? What came out of your mouth? Well, the, what came out of my mouth say, was, was too I, bad. I, I'm a I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. And that's really all that I've got. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's but, good. But, you know, I mean... It, I was expecting a better John moment there. No. You know, yeah. like a slip of the tongue John moment. Yeah, no. I, I just said, you know, I'm a minister of the gospel yeah, of Jesus. That's an appropriate answer. And I think, and I think that... I think that it goes back to this experience maybe this person has had before of of the the funeral pastor not being conscientious of the people. Yeah. And so that that was their response. Mm. But anyway, I, I you know, when we stand up, we've got to proclaim the gospel even if the family uh even if the family doesn't desire it. I think that's one of the right. responsibilities that mm. we have. So let, let's get into some practical things. Can I ask you some practical questions sure. like uh, beyond just the sermon prep. Mm-hmm. Um how much are you with the family through this process? Mm-hmm. How little are you with the family through this process? Do yeah. you do you uh, when do you show up at the funeral home? When do you think it's okay not to be there? Those mm-hmm. those type of things. Yeah, I, I think it it depends on the situation. But my hard and fast rule uh, is um, I, I'm there at the invitation. Uh, I try to be there um, thirty minutes, forty five minutes before. Uh, that would be visitation, not invitation. Yeah, visitation. Sorry, uh, visitation. <laughs> the invitation. That's you, that's you on Sunday that mornings, that's right? right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, sorry. So uh, I tried to be there early to pray with the family before anybody else gets there. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I, I try to stick around during the visitation as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, circumstances may vary, right? Uh, especially depending on the type of funeral that it is. Um, if this is a senior saint uh, and they have uh, lived a faithful life and they've died in the Lord, um, and the family's uh, sad uh, but joyful in the hope of the gospel, then right. I may show up 45 minutes before, pray with them, mm-hmm. uh, let them know I love them, and then head home. Sure. You know, it may be yeah. one of those yeah. things. Yeah. Um, the next day at the funeral, I'll be there about the same, uh, yeah. 45 minutes to an hour early to make sure that everything's going as it needs to go. Uh-huh. Um, and then just try to, to to stay in continual communication with the family. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Did yeah. that answer all the practical? It did, yeah. And that's kind of my thing, too. I'm always there for the opening of visitation. Yeah. I'm always there to pray for the family at that time. Uh, I, I stay some, but not a lot. Usually I go home mm-hmm. and then depending on the circumstances, I may return at the end of the visitation mm-hmm. to pray and close, close out visitation as mm-hmm. well. And, uh, and again, you know, I'm kind of surprised that, uh, there, not all guys do what you, that's why I ask you first yeah. because that's kind of my practice, but not all guys do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, the only reason I do it is because, uh, my pastor, when I was associate pastor was Carl White and, uh, Carl just kind of said, this is the way things are done. Yeah. You know, he told me where to be when I was supposed to be there, where to walk when I was supposed, mm-hmm. when I was in front of the casket, he told me all of those things came from that practical experience of uh, Carl's uh, mentoring in my life. And so, um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's your practice too, because I think that's important. Mm-hmm. The family, they, they know you're not going to be there for the whole visitation, but they need to see you there. Right. Right. Yeah. And they need to see you there. And on, I think we need to be available uh, yeah, to, to, yeah, to yeah. let them know over, I would say over communicate your availability. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, that's the last thing that a grieving family needs is to say, well, the pastor clearly doesn't need to be bothered. Or have anxiety about the service the right. next day. Yeah. Uh, be certain that you're there so you can talk about that mm-hmm. ser- visitation, so you can talk about that service the next day. And, uh, and of course, I know funeral directors do a lot of that, That's right. too. But, uh, but as a pastor, I am actively involved mm-hmm. in the preparation of the service mm-hmm. at, for a funeral. Are you as well? Uh, not as much. Uh, I mean, I I try to communicate with the family once again and let yeah. them know how much I can do, uh, how much I'm, you know, that I'm willing to do whatever they need me to do. Um, and then I usually just let them tell me this is yeah. what we want. Well, you know what's going to happen if you keep doing it that way. What's that? The funeral director is going to walk up to you one day, ten minutes before the service, <laughs> and ask you to sing a couple. And of hymns. Ask you to sing a couple of hymns. Well, that and you're and you're going to have to do it as yeah. well. well. So um, <laughs> when that day comes, I hope that I am still doing a podcast and I can let the world know. Uh, me, uh, so uh, that's I think it. Need, I think you need to be a part mm-hmm. of it, just so you know what's going on. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, and uh, and let's just say this before we move on: communication to the other pastors that are involved in the service mm. is so critical, yeah. man. Uh, nobody wants to show up and not really know what's going on, mm-hmm. what passage you're preaching from, what passage I'm right. going to preach from. You know, not that there's a huge conflict in that, but it's just not, it's just not, uh, not a good thing. Yeah. So, um, anyway, well, that's I think good. that's, you know, good communication with other pastors. I, I would say, um, I didn't do a funeral till I became a senior pastor. Oh yeah. Um, I, I just, we weren't involved in, I was, uh, I was a, uh, youth pastor, associate pastor for three and a half, nearly four years and we didn't have a funeral, right? which was wow. great. Yeah, um, you know, we, we were happy about that and we weren't, we weren't really hoping anybody would, uh, mm. would die, but, um, we just, we didn't have a funeral. And so, uh, I didn't have that training, that on job training. And right. so, um, my first few funerals here, uh, because I was the new pastor, 
uh, I did the funeral with another pastor that people yeah, knew, yeah, and that was yeah. good to, yeah, was to good. have um, senior pastors that I had already began building a relationship with, yeah. and, and for them to say, hey, this is what we do, you know, yeah, this um, is how that was done. great. I would also say, make a have a good uh, relationship with a funeral director. Yeah, um, sure. You know, uh, I, I'll, I'll brag on Justin Cheney here in Newton County. Uh-huh. He does a great job. I've done yeah. funerals elsewhere outside the county. Uh, and, and it reminds me of how good he does. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, you know, I yeah. appreciate him and the work that he does and how he, he knows what it's like to be a pastor. And, right, and uh, right. so he tries to help on both fronts. Yeah, that's good. I cannot believe you just gave a funeral home a shout out. I sure did. <laughs> shout out Newton County. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to read something. Can I read something? This is not our dead man talk. Yeah, go ahead. This is by Brian Croft in his book, uh, Conduct Gospel-Centered Funerals. And I mm-hmm. think this is so good. Uh, it, it says, the gospel is frequently obscured when a pastor offers comfort about heaven, when how heaven is received is not made clear. The gospel is distorted when a pastor preaches the deceased into eternal glory with no credible evidence of gospel transformation in a person's life. The gospel is contradicted when the man entrusted to facilitate and conduct the funeral service is unloving, impatient, and uninterested in the souls of the family members who remain. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, I mean that's some that that's some powerful words to those of us that are leading funerals that we we need to be certain that we're communicating how heaven is received, mm-hmm. that we're not pressing people into an eternal reward that is not theirs by right. the blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. and that we are being loving, patient, and interested in the souls of the family mm-hmm. that remain. So that that's a pretty good challenge, and that that's from. Conduct gospel centered funerals by Brian Croft, which is a great little yeah little book. That's there. a good helpful so, book. Yeah. Well, is. why don't we go ahead and, and jump into our dead man talking? Okay. Good. As we as we continue this funeral episode. Yeah. Uh, so our dead man talking this week comes from uh, a theologian you should know, Charles Octavius Booth. Um, he writes in his systematic theology. Uh, in this, we see the form of some strong, stinging creature, the venom of whose sting has been taken away, and who is, therefore, harmless and no longer to be feared. Death was this creature. The law was the strength of sin, which was death's sting. The apostle rejoices that Christ has disabled the monster, leaving him without power, without sting. It is not strange, however, that notwithstanding, we may know that the hornet is weak and stingless. Still, his feeble buzzing makes us afraid. But let us settle in our hearts that Christ is our victory. Man, that that should be read at every funeral, right? Right. That's a great. I, do. Analogy. I think so. I mean, I, I think this is saying, you know, death has no victory. Mm-hmm. Death has no sting. He may right? buzz, but his yeah, bark yeah, is, is yeah. much worse than his bite. Absolutely. And this is that's that's good words. And I think this is the attitude that we approach the funeral message of the saved. Mm-hmm. With right, we we approach the message with this that we can rejoice that Christ has disabled the monster. Mm, that's good, leaving him without power, without sting. That's good. Yeah that that makes that makes funerals worth uh, celebrating at the funeral. Excuse me, and uh, and so that's uh, that's what we should be doing. And, and that's our that's our hope, right? When we do funerals, yeah. no one wants to do a tough funeral. Uh, yeah. But John, that's the role of a pastor to it do is. the tough funeral. It is. Uh, what, what do you have? Maybe any advice for either a tragic funeral, a uh, funeral of a child, yeah. or a, a young a young person, uh, or a funeral of someone who has denied Christ up until yeah. their last breath. 
Well, unfortunately, in my ministry, I've done two what I would call tragic funerals of young young people who have passed away, and and I, I've learned um, in every area of ministry, but t- particularly in the tragic death, that uh, that keeping your mouth shut is usually one of the best pieces of advice you mm. can get. Be present, hug their necks, love on them, cry with them, shed tears with the family, mm-hmm. you know, but don't but be just Job's be, friend. Just be quiet. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just be quiet. Just be present. That that your presence speaks a lot. Mm. And and wrong and improper words in an improper moment also speaks a lot. Mm. And so I, I I've just I've just learned that when you face a tragedy like that, I think the best thing to do is just to be quiet and be present. Yeah. Be that incarnational picture of yeah, Jesus I think in that good. moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't have to have it. Man, I have no answers mm-hmm. to someone who has just lost a child. I, yeah. have, I have no answers to someone who's just lost a wife untimely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have any answers to those questions. And, 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 and those questions will come. Mm-hmm. But they're not there in that moment. Right. In that moment, they're overcome by grief. Right. And so you just need to be present and love on them. So my, my only piece of advice for that is just to be there. Mm-hmm. And you need to be there more than you're there for the senior saint who right. has passed on the glory. Yeah. So you have to adjust for that. Mm, I think that's good. Um, what about a, a funeral for um, a perceived lost person? How do we deal with that? Yeah. Or someone you don't know. Yeah, so, uh, you know... you. You preach the gospel and the gospel only. Mm. I'll be honest with you, and you can. My people will tell you this. During the obit and scripture time, uh, I usually pinpoint a, a word or something that I think best describes that person, and, mm-hmm. and and talk and talk about you know just that how they were loving or they were patient or they were faithful or they were kind. Mm-hmm. Then when or the, they were grumpy, yeah. But yeah. when the me- I mean, you know, you can find yeah. you can find something positive about everyone as far as characteristics are concerned. Yeah. When the time comes for the message, uh, my me- my message is is not personal. Mm-hmm. My message is a is a funeral message yeah. concerning the gospel, mm-hmm. and so I don't feel a lot of pressure on that. Mm-hmm. I, maybe I should, but I I don't feel a lot of pressure there to make it fit a certain circumstance as yeah. much as I do just want to make sure that I'm preaching an appropriate gospel centered message. Mm-hmm. Do you, what about you? Do you try to? Make yeah. it for different things. Uh, well, I just think uh, I was told once by um, an older pastor, I, I had mentioned the idea of doing a funeral for someone um, who was lost. Uh, and their response was, um, how are you certain that they are lost? Um, and, and I think that's important to understand that um, that the gospel can be can be accepted on the deathbed. I mean, uh, we don't yeah. necessarily know that. We don't want to hold that open. You know, we don't want to we don't want to preach them into heaven, right? Sure. We don't want to yeah. uh, we don't want to make uh, everybody think, well, this person has lived a rotten life and cursed God and has dying breath. But you never know. Um, but we so we we don't necessarily need to stand up and say this person is one hundred percent in hell. Yeah, uh, you yeah, know that absolutely. that's that, we need to we need to be loving in that sense. But, um, but you don't need to falsely affirm a lifestyle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That. That's right. So there needs to be. I, I think preachers can get into danger when we get into specifics when preaching our sermon. Yeah. Um, pointing to the person's merit or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's good to stay with the gospel. One of the things I've done um, 
I, I think is good for somebody who uh, is a confessed Christian, uh, and maybe there wasn't a lot of fruit, uh, but they were a confessed Christian. Uh, sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll mention, uh, based on this person's confession, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's that's what I would say. Uh, yeah. I would use those yeah. words. Uh, yeah. This person's this person has confessed Jesus, um, and uh, we know that those who truly confess Jesus are with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's enough. Yeah. I I read something this week, and I don't remember who wrote it, but but it it did say the pastor needs to be careful not to do theological gymnastics mm. to try to to try to make the people feel better. Yeah, and sometimes we can uh, nervously get into that. We can, and I think we need to be, and that goes back into being prepared. Mm. But but I think we need to be careful not to perform theological gymnastics uh, just to make people feel better. Mm-hmm. And again, I I don't want to. You don't want to pour heaping coal right, on yeah. the heads of the family that's there grieving. That's mm-hmm. not our 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 goal. Ought to be there is hope in Jesus. Right. That's <laughs> you that's know? our ultimate. Hey, there message. is hope in Jesus. Right. There's a casket in front of us. We acknowledge it, but there is hope in Jesus mm-hmm. for all of those that are still here. Yeah. And that's that's that I think has to be our our goal and our motive uh, as we as we preach these messages. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and and again. This is this is not always fun stuff to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. But if you're a minister of the gospel, you're going to deal you're with it. You're gonna deal and with you need it. to right. do it you need to do it with excellence That's as right. best we can. Mm-hmm. So to do. Yeah, and I think there there needs to, if we truly love our people, yeah, then that genuineness will come out. Yeah. Um yeah. sometimes the the words don't come out, but mm-hmm. the genuineness does. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why I think it is important to genuinely love our people. Yeah, uh, to weep with those who weep. That's a command that we are given. Yeah, uh, and we can't do that if we don't love them. I guarantee you, Ryan, you can go back to the last funeral you did, and and ask the people the content of your message. And I'm going to go out on a limb and tell you that they can't remember the content well, of the last funeral. That's message. because you don't know that they took notes. <laughs> they did. You're right. Absolutely. They don't remember that. Yeah. But but they remember that you spoke kindly. Mm. That you spoke you spoke compassionately. Yeah. That you spoke the gospel. They remember those things. And to me, that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you don't be foolish mm-hmm. in your content. That's right. I mean, come on, guys. But. But the content of the message is 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 maybe for some not what's most important. It's right. your presence, yeah, that you yeah. are there. So I, I think I think that's that's good stuff. So the the grave is lowered. Um, maybe uh, maybe your church does a our church does a, a nice little lunch for the family. Well, of course, uh, of course, because we're we're in Mississippi. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do a lunch for the family? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, next day rolls around. What's your funeral follow up? Oh man. Post funeral, I'm terrible at this. Yeah, I, I'm not great. I, I should be honest with yeah. you. Uh, I'm I'm much better at eating the meal after than I am following up. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I am pretty good at eating myself. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I would say to me, the ideal follow up would be the next week uh, because at at some point, family's going to leave. Mm-hmm. The widow or widower is going to be alone, yeah. or, or the the husband's going to be without his wife or whatever. And 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 I think that that's that there needs to be a, a follow up within a week. Yeah, uh, I think also you know you need to make sure your Sunday school classes are surrounding those people and loving I on them. I think that's good. Yeah, uh, connecting their, them to their the local church. Group, yeah, their small mm-hmm. group needs to continue to love on them. Um, and and you know 
you're going to have your year of first mm-hmm. without whoever it is that you lost. Right. That yep. year of first can be kind of difficult. And and the church being present in that year of first, I think, is important. Yeah. So really the follow-up needs to be 12 months. But I, I'm talking in theory here and not practice because I'm an imperfect pastor. I get so, you. Um, uh, one thing that uh, is relatively new for me that I, I had several deaths this year, uh, and one of the things um, that I I am pledging to do Hopefully, uh, is come Christmas time, just writing a letter to the families, letting them know that we love them and we know that this is going to be a tough time yeah. and that we're praying for them. Yeah, yeah. And I think stuff like that, handwritten notes, uh, visits, phone calls, um, yeah. anything that we can do to show them that we truly care about them. Which I will say, Ryan is a great pastor. So, Ryan, I think you need to tell these people what you do on Valentine's Day. Um, this has a little bit to do with that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So tell me what you do on Valentine's Day. I stole this idea because <laughs> I once heard that uh, good artists borrow and great artists steal. <laughs> um, so uh, on Valentine's Day, uh, our church uh, um, prepares single roses for all of our widows, yeah. and uh, we take uh, roses to our widows on Valentine's Day. Let yeah. them know we love them. Uh, that may be one of the single greatest uh, extra preaching activities that I do. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I think that's part of follow up yeah. for a funeral. Mm-hmm. That that uh, that lady is there by herself mm-hmm. on Valentine's yeah. Day, and so that recognition, I think, I think that's tremendous. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I would recommend everybody stealing that idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's what what is true religion, but yeah. taking care of widows and orphans, right? Uh, right. Those who right. don't have a voice, and I right. think that's that's the call of the church. Yeah, that's good. That's a great practice, guys. You can you can put into practice today, <laughs> February today. the fourteenth. February the fourteenth. No, I think that the bottom line when we deal, when we deal with funerals, when we deal with grief, uh, is being that godly presence for the family. Yeah, letting them know we care, letting them know not just that we care, but that Jesus cares. Yeah, that's right. Uh, letting that's them right. know that that God has sent His only Son so mm-hmm. that we could have hope, not only in this life but in the next. And to me, it doesn't matter if it's tragic. It doesn't matter if it's a lost person. It doesn't matter if it's a saved person. The message is the same. That's right. Jesus is the answer to our death mm-hmm. problem. That's good. So uh, that's that's good. good. Well, John, tell me, what are you reading? Oh man, you're asking this question too close together. Well, maybe we shouldn't record <laughs> so close together, or maybe you should read more. Yeah, no, uh, I, I I'm not reading anything new. I got to get finished what I have right now, and so, uh, however, I did pick up conduct gospel conduct conduct golf <laughs> gospel center funerals this morning and read some of it as fast well, as i could uh, before go. i had a meeting this morning there you go uh, so that's what i would recommend for today but i'm still in the same i'm still in the same things mm-hmm. that i was uh <laughs> last week i get you which get was you. just this week yeah actually i get you i get you <laughs> uh, well i am reading a helpful little book um christopher ash uh, it's uh, either the, the act of preaching or something on preaching. Uh, man, it's a yeah. three chapter book. I'm uh, one and a half chapters into it, and yeah. it is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you were that. reading, you were reading uh, Randy Alcorn's Heaven, and you offered no insight from Randy Alcorn. I finished today it in this passage. I finished it. Um, <laughs> man, I think uh, Randy Alcorn offers a better and biblical uh, vision of heaven than is prominent in evangelical churches, and I believe that that biblical picture of heaven were preached and understood by our parishioners, yep. then funerals yep. would be more joyful. There you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, we want to thank you so much for listening to the Imperfect Church Podcast. Uh, we ask you to like, rate, and review us on iTunes, share us with a friend, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep loving your imperfect church, and remember, one day she will be perfected in glory. <laughs>